0: Andrew, what did you bring?
1: I brought a hat.
0: Let's see it. Let's see it. Okay. All right. Well, dig into this hat. Looks like it's been around for a bit.
1: <laughs> yes, it's a little bit worn.
0: Nice. All right. Thank you. And then Nuria, what
2: did you bring? I bought my um, a flyer for my short film. Ooh, redeploy, redeploy. I like it. Okay. You
0: oh, <laughs> no, Andrew's already curious. Yes, this is what we want. Welcome <laughs> those of you who are tuning in to the podcast. Not quite strangers is an opportunity for two people who have not met each other before, but know each other through me to meet, connect, build some curiosity, or hopefully even challenge the status quo through our conversation. First of all, I'm just so grateful that the two of you said yes <laughs> to being on this show. I've had a lot of other guests and I think you know this particular topic I thought would be really interesting for us to discuss because both of you happen to be veterans. And I thought, oh, it might be interesting to have a conversation with two veterans, perhaps two different generations or thinking about where you are in life now or the impact the military's had on you. So those of you interested in hearing this conversation and many more, You want to make sure that you subscribe to www.notquitestrangers.com so that you get a notification in your inbox anytime a new episode is released, and you also get information about any upcoming episodes. So thank you all so much for tuning in. Now, Andrew, let's go back to you. You brought this hat. So what is this hat and what impact does this hat have on you in your life in the military?
1: Well, the the hat has an emblem on it Mm -hmm. and the emblem is the unit that I was stationed, I was serving with in Texas, Fort Hood, Texas, 1st Cavalry Division, Fort Hood, Texas.
0: And so what is it about being in Fort Hood, Texas and that particular emblem that you felt, what was the impact that that experience had on you? Like why, why why the hat?
1: It just reminds me, you know, I reflect on that image, uh, going back to my my time in Texas, and okay. you know, it, it wasn't just the, it, you know, it's yeah. The emblem represents the military, yeah. But it's just the whole thing of living in Texas.
0: Why? What? What? Okay, so you got to say more Texas.
1: Why? Oh, uh, it, it was it was a good time in my life. Um, for Hood, okay. the happier happier times in my life, I'll say that happier. I was okay. younger you know, experienced, uh, developed really good lasting relationships,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know. Um, okay. Yeah, it, it just, it, you know, reflects, I reflect back on on that image.
0: When you think of the good times you had in the military, Fort Hood comes to mind and the hat is a reminder of that time.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah. And
1: right. it brings up other conversations. People say, hey, you know, first team, you know, first cab and, you know, it's, it's a conversation as well, you know, it brings up, com- not you know, from other people. When they see you, do you wear it? Do you wear it? Well, I wear it sometimes. I don't like hats that much, but when I wear that, it's like if I'm going to work, because I work at a um, a, VA, a VA regional center
3: mm-hmm.
1: here in Philadelphia. So, you know, I go into that mode because I work with veterans. Got it. And, um, you know, I enter. I take my hat off and check in and get myself ready for all that.
0: Okay. So the hat brings a lot of meaning. We're gonna we're gonna come back a little bit to more detail about your experience. But I want to bring in Nuria. Nuria, tell us about this flyer for the short film. Okay. <laughs> Andrew looked puzzled when you said you're
2: like a short film. What is this? <laughs> so could you go back to the question because I don't want to go off.
0: Yeah. No. So you. You know, I was asking each of you to bring something that represented the impact the military had on you, some object, item, something that you could share and you shared the, the I think it's called deploy, right? Yeah, redeploy. redeploy,
2: redeploy. So what is this? So this is a short film that I wrote and direct, um, directed in 2013 and it was about um, acceptance. It was about a soldier who was in search of peace Um, of the piece that he lost overseas so it had to deal with acceptance it had to deal with you know people not understanding you um and just accepting the things that you can't change in life and knowing that it builds character and in order for you to move on Mm. what inspired you to do that um I think I think in a sense it was kind of my story in the in in the beginning because um when I went to film school, they kind of stressed the importance of writing something that was close to you, something that you understood. Um, and me being a veteran and having uh PTSD and those stems um of that, you know, from that, it um, you know, opened me up to like getting the tools that I needed in order to like function in life. Mm-hmm. Not saying that I wasn't functioning, but I think at one point I didn't identify with it. And I think with this film, I didn't. And it was the beginning of um, identifying with um, PTSD and saying, okay, yeah, that's what that is. Mm. You know? Okay. Yeah. So it had to deal with me accepting that. At the time, I didn't know that. But as I did the film festival journey and just traveling with the film and getting people's testimonies from um, testimonials from just watching the film or who had PTSD or what they felt from it, or that it came from a real place, it made me know just being honest with myself resonated with everyone else. Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's powerful, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I need that film.
2: (laughs) It's a short film. It's only uh, 15 minutes, but I think it was the beginning of um, just being honest and and opening up. And I think um, at the time, I didn't know that but it would took me like two days to write it. It was something that came out like, oh. like that. So I guess when you're being authentic to the truth of who you are and that's just how it has to be.
0: Oof. Yeah. So in two days, this just came through you. It sounds like.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But
2: I was actually toiling with someone else's, um, book I was trying to adapt their book and make it smaller into a short film but then I felt like I was in a box and I didn't have freedom you know with the choices so I felt like oh let me just try this but I felt like this was like a stigma like if no one wants to see a military film like why you want to do this uh, just because you were in the military it was like I didn't connect with that mm. that side I kind of like disowned that like no uh-huh.
0: Well, I want to hear more about the, the military experience you had. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to introduce the two of you, because in my conversations, first, I should say that Nuria and I are cousins, right? Our parents are brother and sister. And Nuria, I've heard you talk very, very briefly, though. I mean, it's it's interesting that you're talking now about how you had to accept that part of you because you don't bring it up up often. We don't get a chance to have those types of conversations very much. And when you shared... I heard so much passion and, and purpose around the projects that you're taking on as a result of the life that you've had in the military. Like there, that seemed to have sparked so much creativity, at least from the way I heard it. I was like, hmm, I, we need to have more of this conversation. And then I'm like, the person that came to mind is Andrew Brasington, <laughs> because Andrew, you and I have also had some great conversations. You've been a fan of this show and also you and I did some some uh, leadership development work together and we had a conversation recently about your commitment to supporting and finding resources for veterans. And you already do some of that in the work, but it sounds like you also wanna to continue to expand and move it to the other parts of oh, the community. yeah. And I was like, I don't know what could happen here with the hey, two of listen. you,
3: but.
1: I mean, that's it's um, even taking it from here to here I'm involved here in Philadelphia with an independent filmmaking organization that's been around for 30 years called Scribe Video. And they bring in independent filmmakers and oh, it's it's phenomenal. So it's woo, it's good, it goes from here to here now. Hmm. I, mean, I mean I mean we could talk more about all this, you know, because because it, it's a you know, it's about community economic development. And then you're talking about tying in a passion, you know. That's what people need. That's what they're looking for, you know.
0: So give people a sense of when we, you know, when we say military or the army, it's so broad, right? So Andrew, can you tell us where you served, when you served, you know, all that stuff? And Nudia, same for how long? Give us a little bit of the, of the bio there.
1: Well, let me see. So I served during peacetime. Peacetime. So that's in between like Gulf War. And Vietnam,
3: mm.
1: so I was in. I was at. Um, uh, let me go back.
0: You don't have to give us the all of the places, yeah, but yeah. give us a range. Yeah. What years? What years? A
1: military. I served at Fort Hood, which is the largest army post in the U.S. Army. Mm. Over forty thousand soldiers right there, at Fort Hood, Texas, which is near Austin. It's not too far mm. from Austin, and I was there for four years, and you know basically you know, went everywhere, developed positive relationships and, you know, saw Texas, I actually picked up a Texas accent also, I think. <laughs>
0: uh, it's gone now. It's gone.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's just, um, you know, military is like, it's, 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 a, it's a job, but yeah. you're trained to do certain type of things. So my job was personnel management you know, in 1st in calf. So I did assignments, you know, people come, you know, soldiers come to Fort Hood from other places like Europe or, you know, South America, wherever they come from. And then we make assignments in our unit to different places. So I was, you know, looked at people's personnel records, and I made an analysis of basically what the job was. And you make assignments to people. Okay,
0: got
1: that. So, so you're doing you some know, of the
0: administrative Yeah. Yeah. How many years did you serve? Just four. Four years?
1: Four four active duty. Yes,
0: active duty years. Yeah. Got it.
1: And something Nudio was talking about also, you know, uh, I'm a disabled veteran as well. Hmm. You know, and that's actually what I do now. I work for a a nonprofit organization that Hmm. assists veterans and family with, uh, you know, comp, you know, Pension and compensation benefits. I mean, this this whole year, COVID year. You know, I was working from home. Mm -hmm. I've been back in the office now about a month, and I have seen more widows. This is a trip. I've seen about a dozen widows in these in this few weeks than I see like in a whole year. So, and what i'm talking about there is that you know a veteran might be um service connected that means they they they, they got an injury or it you know where incident an accident an injury a disease they picked up something in the service so that's a service connection
3: mm-hmm.
1: so these widows that came in and i can give one example because i'm not giving any names right so this veteran was a hundred percent paranoid schizophrenic paranoid schizophrenic for over 10 years right so he's married to a person and he died last year he died january last year
3: Hmm.
1: so that his wife came in she's a surviving spouse and she didn't know she didn't even bring any paperwork with her the first day she i mean she just you know people just don't know what to do so she came in and she wanted to apply for some benefits, and I explained it to her. But she didn't have anything. But we still went through with the process, and um, filled out the application. And she just brought the paperwork in the next day. And um, it turns out, you know, he, he passed away from a non-service connection issue. He had a heart attack, so there's no there's no direct connection with that heart attack and his paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. So she didn't qualify for one aspect of it, but mm. we still put in a pension because her only income was social security. That's
3: good, okay.
1: So, and that's what I do now. So I'm still serving in, in a way, you know. Yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Asking questions and kind of bringing out, you know, a lot of issues that people don't want to talk about it, maybe. Mm. You know, they definitely don't talk to the doctor about it. Mm. <laughs> Veterans don't talk to, um, the doctor about what they did in the service and the doctor needs to know really
3: mm.
1: you know if we if we want help and assistance usually a doctor can direct us you know whether it's orthopedic you know behavioral health you know anything uh you know neurological
3: mm.
0: you know anything
1: to do with the okay injury every everything stems back to that
0: from that time
1: military service Hmm. and that's how you develop a a claim you you develop a claim
0: let me let uh, let me interrupt for a second let me ask you guys something because i'm hearing it from both of you now it's quite interesting you know we we celebrated we celebrate here in, in the u.s memorial day for example coming up and and someone told me recently they asked me you know what does memorial day mean to you now my father was in, in in the military for 27 years in the army i have a younger brother who's retired marine for 20 years there so both of them you know thank goodness successful in their careers and and my brother deployed a few times his wife deployed a few times in the marine as well but both of them came back fine what i think is interesting though is when we celebrate memorial day in the US generally we're talking about fallen soldiers right but i think for me and i'd love to hear your opinion on this because for me it's not just the soldiers it's the communities in which they fought there's so many people that are impacted by any any war any any um, i don't know incidents that happen during war right civilians military personnel all sorts local and and from abroad i think that's one thing and then the other thing is the families that are left behind and and it's interesting to hear the two of you talk about the impact you know the time that you had in the military had i you know my my brother and father i'm talking in terms of like 20, you know decades what you both are pointing to is that in the short amount of concentrated time it had a severe impact on not only the quality of life that you have but also the things that now you're doing to either educate others or to support or re- provide resources. Nuria, I'm curious about you mentioning that you kind of disassociated from, from that experience. What was it about, first of all, when did you serve? How long were you there? And what what was it about the military that you felt you wanted to
2: disassociate? I think it, at the time it was the leadership that I had. I didn't have good leadership. so. When you don't have good leadership and you have people in place that shouldn't be leaders, mm. <laughs> power, you know, things don't go right. Yeah. How and long then, did you serve? Yeah. Um, three years.
0: Three years in the
2: army, right? Yeah, three okay. years, but I uh, um I did two and a half. Okay. Out on a chapter. What does that mean? A chapter early um release.
0: Okay, got it, got it. Due to leadership
2: leadership I do the leader bad leadership because I was supposed to get out on a medical um prior to like deploying um I was diagnosed with like mild sleep apnea at the time so I didn't seek treatment so it made me not deployable you know non-deployable and they felt like they were needed to strengthen numbers still so anything went at the time so 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 I was trying to fight to come back so any little thing that occurred it trickled it on over to something else Mm. yeah and it just like we're not getting out on medical we're gonna do another chapter yeah
0: andrew i see you have questions i'm gonna like what questions do you have your face is.
1: <laughs> no that's it's a lot of personal stuff i you yeah. know i don't want to you know in a venue like this you know i could yeah i i leadership is an issue anywhere but particularly in the military military you know, your, 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 your soldiers are the ones you have to support because they're the ones that carry out the mission. Yeah. You know, and if you have a, if you had a, a, an understanding on something, you know, and it turned in 180 degrees the other direction, you know,
2: what, what years were you in? Um, 2001 to 2003, I mean, 2004.
1: That's like Gulf War stuff.
2: Yeah, Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah.
1: And Freedom. What, what was your MOS?
2: 92 Yankee uh, Unit Supply special, Specialist.
1: I was 75 Charlie, so that's personnel. Personnel. Okay, yeah. so that's admin, S4. Yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: I worked job. for a warrant officer.
1: <laughs> good <laughs> job.
0: Kept track yeah. of all the people. Mm-hmm. So, when you all, when the, so either one of you, I'd love for you to answer this question as you are coming back, right? From, from the experiences you had when you left the military at the time you left it, what was that experience? Like what, if you had to describe it to someone coming back to civilian life, let's say, was what?
2: Andrew first.
1: <laughs> well, for me, for, me,
2: for
1: right. me, yeah, I mean, I'm, hey, listen, I'm, you know, I'm 61 years old now. And, and I, um, I got out in 1988. So I was 28 years old. And, uh, you know, my transition out of the military was fine. You know, I came back to Philadelphia. I worked on a regional rail for a year, you know, and that was, a that was a, that was um, it was a good experience, but you know, people aren't leaving their jobs, and I was in a program, so people weren't leaving their jobs, and so you know, you get let go after mm-hmm. a year, you know, the engineers are not leaving those jobs on the on a on a on a train, you know, so you know, and then I go back to Texas because I had you know I had a good experience there, so I mean. the transition transition for me is not
3: that that little dog
1: um um, the transition for me wasn't difficult at that time but as i got older stuff started falling apart what do you mean i'll give you the perfect example um It's probably about 1997 or something like 98. I come back to Philadelphia after living in Texas all that time and I get a cataract operation. I was 38 years old Hmm. 1998 had a cataract removed and I didn't know why I had this cataracts are for old people right. (laughs) You think about that. I had a grandmother, she was 96 years old, she had a cataract operation, took eight hours Hmm. to remove that cataract. So my you know, mine was like 30 minutes at the VA hospital here in Philadelphia. But it was from trauma Hmm. years ago. You know, it took that long for that lens to cloud over. You see what I'm saying? So I didn't I didn't know why but I had trauma in service and I didn't make, I didn't make the connection. And until my friend said, Hey man, you better file a claim. And this was like 2010, Uh 2013. So that's years later.
0: Yeah. So that's where you are talking about service connection. That would have been. And you
1: got to tell your story. You got to tell what happened. I mean, I remember.
0: What, what do you remember?
1: I remember like, I had this motor vehicle accident. You know, I was thrown from my vehicle. I came to, you know, I came to in a hospital. (laughs) The hospital was called Stonewall Jackson Hospital. You know Stonewall Jackson was? A Confederate soldier. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm just laughing about it now because I I, I come to in a hospital in Virginia,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. the heart of the Confederacy.
0: So, but you were stationed there or no, you were overseas at the time. No, no,
1: I was, I was headed back from Philadelphia to Texas. Okay. Got it. So, and I was, I was going to have a promotion board on that Monday. See the the details I can remember, and you had to tell your whole story to get the service connection. mm. You
3: know,
1: I said, you know, I missed my promotion board. So that's in the record. I see. See what I'm saying? So you have to give details of what happened and get support for your story.
3: Mm.
0: You know,
1: people that you serve with. You know, I was blessed to have really two good friends that I still am in contact with. You know, one lives in Texas, one lives in Florida. You know, they know the story too. Mm. So they told their perspective on my story and I submitted that to my claim. Okay and that's what you have to do. So my I'm, but the question was I forget the question.
0: <laughs> I forgot the question too. Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: but, but that's no, but, okay. We can toss no, it. But 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 but, but 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 what it is is like I say, you know, i was 38 years old. I got a cataract removed. Mm-hmm. So but I suffered that injury back in like 85, 86. Mm. And it took that long. And like now I've other I've other injuries as a result of that. Mm. You know, I was assaulted, I was assaulted in the military, playing basketball. Mm -hmm. God sucker punched me. (laughs) I come to, I'm in Darnell Hospital, seven stitches over my eye. Mm -hmm. So stuff adds up over time. As you get older, the injuries are still there. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a doctor, but I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. you just have to, you know, people don't know why they are doing stuff or stuttering. You know, people start stuttering or you start crying for no reason, maybe, you know, there's reasons for things mm-hmm. and, and you know, like Nadia said, you know, um, she recognized things and she faces things,
3: mm-hmm. you
1: know, at some point you, you do want to face, you want to say, what's up, what's going on. And, you know, let me, let me, let me face this. Mm-hmm. So, and that's beautiful, you know, doing, doing, you know, creating movies, creating, that they those are stories, you know.
0: Nudia, what about for you? What one when leaving the military right after those three and a half years? What was life like coming back for you?
2: Hmm. I feel like you have to ask me another question. <laughs> well, oh. no, break it down for me, like what exactly? Because it is so broad. It is
0: broad, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I don't know what was important to you at the time, what you came back to, how you felt about life, how you felt about having
2: left. I, I mean, come it, back yeah. and to start something new yeah. I think the military, kind of like, um, you know, you, you just get up and pick up and you start over type mm-hmm. of mentality. So like doing that was a venture to me to try mm-hmm. something new. Like if it was a four day week and I'm going away, I'm coming back different, you know, or mm without whatever was on my mind it's no longer on my mind or whatever but um you know when I got out the military um I wanted to get started I feel like I felt like everyone that I graduated with from high school everyone probably graduated from college everyone was ahead you know and I felt like I had a little setback so Mm -hmm. I was like in a rush to do things in a rush where that they would say um no like take your time um You know, take your time, take your time. You just got out and a lot of things occurred. You know, you should take your time. And I felt like there's no time to waste. We don't have time in life. Time goes. And the more I sit, the more I waste time. So I was ready. Like I came out in October. Uh, I was out processed by January. I was in school by September. (laughs) I was in school, yeah, by September. But then I realized that yeah, it was different vibe for me. It's been some time that I was out, outside of school and the kids were younger. They were like immature to me, laughing, um, <laughs> very serious about things and just watching everything and just very quiet,
3: mm.
2: analyzing things. But I just, it's like, you know what you want to do and you just got to get the job done. So that's how my focus. Yeah. Is. yeah.
0: What, I'm curious for both of you, what did your family and friends not understand about that time in your life that you would have loved for them to understand or for them to even ask about?
2: Hmm. Um, I, I don't know what, what I would ask for them to understand. Cause I felt like when I came back, everybody was in their own sectors in life. Everyone was doing their own thing. It wasn't the same thing as before, you know, everyone grow up, everyone, you know, it's different. So as far as what I wanted them to, to understand or anything I felt and you know to be honest I felt like they didn't understand me I felt like when I left I was a young person I was younger I was the nudia who left and then when I came back I was the soldier who returned right so there's two different people there you know Mm -hmm. two different transitions at that time so I felt like they didn't understand that they wasn't ready to accept that they wasn't ready to accept the honest me
0: like what do you what do you mean by that
2: Like the honest me, I feel like I was very, I'm a person that's very blind. I'm honest.
0: You were that way before though, right? Yeah, yeah.
2: Some (laughs) people don't know how to accept that sometimes. So they can look at that as in some kind of way. Mm. So that was the part that they weren't. Yeah, they they didn't understand. And I think that they lacked the compassion to want to understand. But what they were quick to do was to say, to pass judgments.
0: Mm. You know, I, I, I get that. And I can imagine my, my dad, my brother, my godfather was also in the military 27 years and they don't go into detail very much about what they experienced what they heard or saw every once in a while, there's a story here and there. I know their stuff. That's deep, deeply impacted them that none of us have any clue as much interaction as I have with the three of those men in my life none of them have ever said, this is uh, something deep and profound that's happened to me as a result of the military. Not at least in a way that I could hear it. Um, so I get, and I don't know if that's the case you know, with, with families for sure, it's hard for me to tell, but I know there's so many things that we, that have never had that experience, will never understand. We mm-hmm. don't even know, I don't, like even in this conversation, I'm like, I'm not really sure what to ask. Like, am I a- allowed to ask about PTSD? Am I allowed to ask about what disability injury? Like, am I, you know, there's so there's all of these, I don't know if taboo is the right word, but there are these, un, there's this uncertainty because we do, I think in this country anyway, hold the military to a certain regard. And there's so many things that are classified and maybe I watched too many movies, but <laughs> <laughs> you're like, Am I allowed to ask about those questions? Am I allowed to ask about those moments? Um, I don't know. Andrew, what would you say to all that?
1: Well, I think you know, when you're talking about people's health. Yeah. You heard of HIPAA?
0: Yes, yeah, yeah.
1: So it's like
0: Tell us what it tell us what it stands for, just so for those that don't um know.
1: I forget what the acronym is.
0: I think it's health information protection.
1: Act. Yeah, I mean, we'll listen, look it up. We'll put it, it's, it's, we'll put it in the show
0: notes.
1: <laughs> it's personal stuff, so you can't yeah. give the information. It's like someone's social security number. Sure. You can't give that out, or you know, I have this thing in our country. You know, Um you know, I, I, a lot of law enforcement folks on on all the different levels. They're ex-military, so like you're saying, Valerie. You know, you don't know what those guys and and women have experienced. What kind of trauma have they experienced? What kind of incident, accident, illness, disease? Because when you're talking about PTSD, that's a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. That's what a doctor gives you. You know, I gave the example of the paranoid schizophrenic guy, person, veteran, veteran, Mm -hmm. right? I don't know, I don't even, I don't know anything about him but he had that diagnosis for over 10 years. 10 years. And, you know, he went into the military as a clarinetist, playing a uh, clarinet instrument, yeah. So what experience did he have that gave rise to that diagnosis,
3: Hmm.
1: you see? And then his wife, What did she have to deal with? That's all personal stuff. And, you know, so when I said law enforcement, you know, we see all this wrongful misconduct. You know, all this law enforcement, you know what I'm saying? It's like George Floyd was killed a year ago.
3: Yeah.
1: And so the people that we entrust. You could carry a pistol on your hip legally, law enforcement. You know, what did they experience if they were in the service? Even in civilian life, even they never went to the, uh, you know, they might have experienced domestic violence as a child.
3: Yeah.
1: So there's some kind of site, you know, there's something going on in all of us. We all experience mm-hmm. things. But my point is that with law enforcement, should should people that have those diagnoses have a pistol?
3: Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, you know, and because it's it's real, it's real. It's real, it's a lot of issues going on. So um, but but it's it's better to deal with things than not deal with them.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, you want to resolve your issues, you don't want unresolved issues, because then it's like you know, you always be living in the past.
3: Hmm.
1: You wanna resolve your issue. Yeah.
0: So what does one do? And, and I don't know what kind of, Nudia, what happened that you all of a sudden decided that this film was gonna be the thing that resolved your, your issue, like Andrew said, or that you had an opportunity to express something that maybe you weren't able to express to others?
2: I don't think, like I said before, I don't think at the time when I did it, I didn't think it was going to resolve anything. Yeah. I didn't even know what I was doing. I just thought I was doing it. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just thought I was being honest. And that's it. I thought I thought I understood what the character was going through. So mm-hmm. that's the first step with it. But the aftermath of it was learning that. Yeah. Okay. that identify with this character and now I see that it resonates with people I see that being honest is uh the key thing that's going to help me and that may be something that works for me and what I'm doing Mm -hmm. that's what motivates me to work Mm -hmm. you know you have to be interested in what you want to do in order to even move on it so
3: yeah
2: you know not only just this but the podcast that I told you about the woman of war and just um creating the safe haven for not just women but um people that go through stuff and need resources and tools and being able to you know help him like what you said with your nonprofit stuff does like even with claims and stuff like that and you know i have more about that too that to pitch this uh podcast i have opportunity
0: can you share with us what that is because andrew doesn't have any clue and the listeners will probably be well i'm still
2: building it. it i'm still building it but it's called Women of war and at the time when i thought of it I thought of um, just um, identifying with other women that have been through war in general life. And I think when it's not just a military thing, I think, and it's not just a female thing, I think everyone goes through this in a battle in life. But most specifically, because I'm a woman, I wanna reach out to other women and not just have it to be about women, but also include others in the community that, that identify with what we're, the message, You know, just trying to help
1: outreach.
0: Hmm. to get that message out there about
1: awareness yeah
2: got that and the
1: resources and the resources and
2: and that's another thing because as a veteran and trying to um capitalize on these claims i feel like the resources weren't out there like that just to say well here this is what you do it's not like that it's not it wasn't easy it's like i got denied and you know i have to appeal and then it's like you feel like i don't even want to try And stuff like that and then it's like you have these issues you have these medical issues that you have to seek for and it's like they see this but then it's like a way to do the paperwork it's a protocol Mm. I don't know for me I just got a lawyer to help with that process
1: yeah the VA the VA knows nothing about you yeah but just I'm just saying they you know when claims come in they're looking at these claims and they know nothing about you. They don't know what you did. You know, you have to tell them that it, they have to do their due diligence. They have to do their research. They have access to find, you know, Department of Defense DOD files, you know, personnel files, medical files, all kind of, it's all kind of files, you know, and um, it, it it's a tough, it's a tough, some people say it's a game, you know. But, um, And particularly if you had a diagnosis before you got out, that's that's um that's like that's like golden, you know.
2: And it was hard at the you know, to get it when I first got out, it was like um I tried, I think the first time, and then they did approve it and certain things they denied and denied, and it was like became a little a struggle. And the chapter that I got out on, I didn't have any benefits, so I lost my MGI bill. I lost those things. Um, I didn't qualify for unemployment. I had nothing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it was done in a way where that I had nothing, and that I got no no benefits. That I received anything, nothing. So in order to receive things was either by the vote, the vote rehabilitation program. When I started to get um percentage, which is another program that helps veterans um, with school. Um, stipends and stuff like that, monthly stipends and whatever it is you need in your career um, interests and stuff. So I found other avenues and, you know, even doing an upgrade, you know, helps you to open up to get your MGI bill and start to qualify for other things. But everything was a process. It was a process on trying to figure it out. And it mainly the people that I met, the veterans that I met along the way who told me, okay, this is how you do. This is what you need to do. And it's not out there, available to you like that. It's not. So if you don't know and you don't know anyone, you're not going to try. You're going to feel defeated. Because I started to feel like, what? Yeah. It's not mine.
1: Whatever. I don't have time for this. It's a long process. Yeah. I mean, I I give you a good example. A good example, I think, of which is kind of not not your not your story, but yeah. You know, I met this veteran. He was in the Marines, and he 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 was a boxer. He was a boxer. This guy was a boxer. He's from Philadelphia. I said, man, did you ever get knocked out? Mm-hmm. So he said, yeah. I said, man, you're not, you weren't a good boxer if you are from <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because yeah, Philly's known for boxing and all that. Mm-hmm. But he said, no, man, you know, and he got a dishonorable discharge, which mm-hmm. that's a whole other conversation. You're not even eligible for healthcare. Nothing, yeah. You know, you can't go to the hospital for help if you're a veteran. But this brother was on the boxing team at Camp Pendleton, right? And he was on the boxing team. I said, can you prove that you were a boxer? Did you have bouts? You know, did you have scheduled fights? He said, yeah. I said, did you ever get knocked out? He said, yeah. Did they take you to the hospital? Yeah, well, hey, listen. Service connection. Yeah, but mm-hmm. but, but he went from Camp Pendleton to Japan and I don't know what happened in Japan but he got dishonorable discharge. Mm. So, you know, some of the symptoms from, you know, concussion, a concussion, you know, you could have problems with your sight, you could have problems with your hearing, you could have problems with um, headaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's all kind. you know, concussion. Look at the basketball, football players, professional. They have to sit out two or three weeks Protocol concussion protocol. Hmm. I mean, it's well documented about professional athletes that get concussions. So you're a boxer. You're boxing for your military company. You know, you're 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 uh, you're, uh, you're, a, you're a soldier. Yeah. So you know. So and your organization that I work for, they, we do nothing legal. It's, we don't do legal stuff.
0: You know. Wait, that doesn't sound right. No, it, no, it is, no, it's <laughs> okay. not not, not, not so like you don't provide not, legal support.
1: No, no, and you know, like getting a a a, yeah. a a discharge turned or turned around from dis from dishonorable to general, maybe. Got it. We don't do that. Yeah. You do you do have to go legal way route to, in to, to order to get use, that term. for that particular situation. I'm talking about dishonorable, sure. you know. so. Okay. But whatever happened in Japan, you know, he probably got in a fight and he, you know, it's a lot of racial stuff in the military too. Like your father, hmm. a career man, you know, you know he came in contact. You just ask him. It's just like law enforcement. All black law enforcement. And I'm assuming your father's uh African American or black, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't like to assume things, right? You know, I'm <laughs> assumes But my my point is that yeah even in law enforcement in this country. You ask every law enforcement person that has a career in law enforcement, have you ever experienced racial issues? Every one of them says yes. I mean, I've seen all the top ones, you know, all of them, New York, Philadelphia, Washington, DC, Los Angeles, all of them. They say, you know, they they acknowledge that this stuff happens. Imagine the emotional trauma on that. You gotta be hard Mm -hmm. to kind of push through that racial stuff and a lot of people don't in the military they don't Interesting, you know i mean colin powell you can imagine what he went through and he was a five-star general
3: mm.
1: he was the top of the pentagon hmm. you know i mean i'm just i'm just yeah. giving examples because it's there mm. it's just that's just uh things so but-
3: I
0: think the thing, Andrew, that you said that really resonated for me was this idea that there's layers of trauma in all of us. And right, some things much more egregious than others, sometimes from our childhood, sometimes from military or a career or an accident, right, an incident, like you said. But you also said that the responsibility is to heal from the trauma right, or to find support or the resources necessary. And the two of you, I've heard already some things that you're doing to support other veterans or to support others in healing from trauma. So I'm curious, tell us a little bit about that. What is it that you're doing? What are you working on that you'd like for anyone that's listening who might be able to take advantage or might be interested in sharing this with somebody else? What are you doing or what kind of projects do you have to support others healing from trauma? Nuria, let's start with you.
2: Well, the, um, the podcast, the Woman of War podcast is a, a next thing that I'm building. Like I said, it's still in its early phase, but mm. you know, I wanted to make people feel that they have someone to identify with and where that they can come and get resources mm. and stuff. So create a safe haven. So that was the goal and I'm still building it. So I have a lot to um, break down about it and com- different compartments and how I want to structure my episodes
0: got it so you have women of war the podcast you have the redeploy short movie but you're also working on another project tell us how that what the project is that you're working on the one that you you did with your son
2: oh ethan art venture the um animated short film project Mm -hmm. it's about a you know a young illustrator who basically learns that he has the power to create the narrative in life so that's the next project that I'm working on. I feel that it's an important message for kids to become aware of, um, something that they should be mindful of. And these are the things that you know I've learned along the way, and I want to share it with not just my son. I feel it can be something other kids can learn from. I feel it could be something interesting and in knowing that anything that they do believe in, um, it all starts with the power of belief. So if I can help them to be mindful with something like that. And, you know, doing this short film slash I would like it to be a TV series. Um, Put it
0: out there. Put it out in the (laughs) universe. Yes.
2: Each and every episode can cover different lifelong lessons that they can learn from, you know, this character who goes on our adventures with his um, trusty pencil. So I feel the pencil are the kids. We are the pencil. So whatever we choose to create in life, we have to understand that we have the power to create it and recreate. Hmm.
0: So you said it's Ethan's art venture.
2: An art venture.
0: Ethan's yeah. art venture. How close are you to finishing that one? I know you were doing some some GoFundMe.
2: Yeah, you know, surprisingly someone donated $1500 to my GoFundMe oh, yesterday. Hey. Oh. Hey. Yesterday, I kind of took a nap and then woke up to money. <laughs> I woke up to I, money. I think you all know. of us could like would like that. <laughs> woke up to money. I like the sound of that. Yeah, so now that enables me to, because I want to add more, because I think when I started the uh, journey with doing the short film, I kind of like made it a pilot trailer, which is more of a proof of concept. So I needed to add something else in there. So now this enables me to add what I need to add. And... Um, should be done by the summertime and pitching for the fall so you know how old is your son he's uh, 11 he'll be 12 next week so
0: excellent oh I'm so excited for this project I think you know look Moody I don't know where it all came from or what we are meant to do necessarily how we get the guidance to know that we're meant to do something but I it sounds like the project that you have, the commitment that you have, the passion that's driving it is really coming through you, right? There are things that are being communicated somehow to you. Maybe, I don't know, if the universe, spirit, however you want to call it, but it sounds like there's so much that you're offering the world of yourself and resources, not only to help those who have been in situations similar to yours as a veteran, but also children, right? And you know, like I said earlier about this, you know, the idea of celebrating those who have passed away in war, actually the people who are left behind should also be memorialized because they have as big an impact, if not more, sometimes trying to deal with the pieces of that, rebuilding their life, whether that's financially, emotionally, psychologically, there's so many things. I think this art venture, you know, Ethan's art venture, it's a great resource for young people. We don't get that. You know, what do you do with a 12-year-old, 11-year-old who has parents who, you know, been deployed and they don't come back the same or they don't come back at all,
2: right? Like, they're That's so- another thing too, sorry. Yeah, go for it. Um, you know, in the uh, animation, it, it's about a real kid who lives in his head, the animated world. Mm-hmm. So um, I do educate kids on different um, personality traits such as anxiety, you know, introvert things for them to become aware of. Mm. not just about the kid having the power and him just learning lifelong lessons about other people and how to interact with others
0: Mm. lovely lovely thank you and i'll make sure to put some information about that in the show notes too
1: yeah that sounds great because i got a granddaughter that's six and she you should see her she just she's an artist she draws and cuts stuff out at six years old she has these these stories she loves rainbows Mm -hmm. (laughs) she loves rainbows and she loves unicorns (laughs) i mean she has all this stuff set up at the house it's like and
2: that's the thing i like that the fact that you said she's an artist and i feel like we all are artists in life so going back to what would you choose to create
0: yeah andrew what projects do you have that you'd like to share with us or with people that might
1: i'm um i don't have anything entrepreneurial going on at all
3: not yet
0: and
1: i do i do want (laughs) that in the future you know um you know i i i I look after my mom she she just turned 99 uh the 18th 18th of may and um you know i look after my granddaughter because my daughter just had a little boy five months ago so yeah it's a lot of stuff going on so you now some family
0: things Part time yeah i
1: got i got family stuff and we just moved back into a house that burned down three years ago yeah. 2017 brand new house so everything is moving forward but it's like you know i want to be out there for the neighborhood for the community so to speak there's a difference between neighborhood and community right you know neighborhood is a bigger thing community is micro but mm-hmm you know sharing resources connecting people you know with the resources like veterans there's there's all kinds of resources um financial
3: Mm.
1: you know the va works with the sba very closely small business administration you know and and all these universities they have so many opportunities for veterans to
2: Connect, mm-hmm. you know. And Period. I'm unaware an of those opportunities, so we have to speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you should mention yeah. that, Nudia, because I'm curious now. You guys did not know each other an hour ago when we started this conversation. Almost an hour now. An hour. Yeah, almost an hour now. So I'm curious from the beginning of this conversation to where you are now. What What are you noticing about how you feel about this conversation, or what you've learned?
2: I learned that there's some possibilities with um my podcast here with you guys with the both of you
3: oh,
1: yeah because <laughs> yeah, that's i mean the technology connects people easier
2: yeah. yeah it just um so happens today i had an opportunity where my mentor shared with me that she shared my podcast idea with someone out in la a paid podcast platform and they want to they want to they want to read what I have right now. So I'm trying to build these sticks right now and set mm-hmm. up the episode so that I'm not just bringing in myself, I'm bringing in other people with things. Mm-hmm. That yeah.
0: Excellent.
1: Yeah, There's cool. all kind of possibilities. Possibilities.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, like I had that meeting today, and then I have this today right after it. So That's... it's like.
1: And the money, yeah, you woke resource. up to money. And and you
2: woke and up to money. money. You're having a good day. <laughs>
1: We got options. <laughs> we got options to choose from. Yeah, yeah. that's what you always want—is the options.
3: Yeah,
0: and Andrew, yeah. how are you feeling about it? Like, what are you walking away from having this experience? Meeting a stranger on a podcast and talking about something
1: dare quite personal. A, dare to imagine.
0: Hmm.
1: He's nervous. <laughs>
0: <laughs> are you nervous, Andrew? Were you nervous? coming
1: in I, I, no I'm I think as I've gotten older
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know I'm just more patient what
0: What? say more about
1: that Um. anything all things are possible yeah I mean Pretty much. you know just have to be you have to be patient with it you know I know so like with my granddaughter mm-hmm. she's learning but she's young she's six years old what does she know <laughs> she knows what she 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 has imagination. Yeah, right. What did Einstein say, you know. Uh, knowledge can take you so far. Mm. But imagination can take you around the world. Mm. So I mean, you gotta be patient with the process. Because I mean, it's not gonna be overnight, but it's just it's the plan, you know, that's what they say, the, you know, was it SBA, you know. What's your plan because plans can change
3: mm-hmm.
1: or you can you know alter your plans but you know putting stuff in a time frame you know you have deadlines and you know you have an outline and mm-hmm. so you have a plan and you have a process you know from A to Z.
0: And now you have the patience, the <laughs> so planning process and patience. <laughs> yeah,
1: you gotta have patience. I
0: gotta.
1: Mean, it, gotta have patience. I yeah. mean, look, my mother's 99 years old. You're
0: gonna That's, be around uh, for a while probably.
1: Well, yeah, could be. Could be. Could
0: be. Could be. What, what, what surprised you most about this conversation? Or what what did you discover
1: through this conversation, the, the well, I mean, I knew this. And we, we all have things in common.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's just it's just we we don't know until we start talking about it, or you're you're in the right venue, or you're in the right. You feel you have it's a level of trust.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, because there's all kinds of trust, right?
3: Yeah.
1: I trust you. I trust you, Nudia, because you. You know, Valerie. <laughs> I trust you. You're in. Yeah, I, but I'm saying, you know, it's, it's all kinds of trust. Mm-hmm. And because um, the word trust, I mean, there's all kinds of meanings to it. So. Um,
0: so some commonality and the fact that yeah. there's trust here. I got yeah, that. and
1: and and you want to empower people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I you know. I, I feel the same way. Mm. I mean, it's really necessary. There's too many people not going after their dreams, so to speak, mm. or you know what makes them happy. You know, you know. Yeah. You get up every day and you, 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 are inspired and motivated. That's what you want
3: mm-hmm.
1: in people. I mean, we'll all do better that way.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to be empowered, but I think the idea is to be inspired, right? To be inspired, that's the part that gives us the energy, the hope, gives us access to imagination, right? And the imagination gives us access to having a plan, having the process, maybe having some patience, (laughs) all of that mixed up. Yeah, I got that. And Nudia, what about for you? Any surprises or anything you discovered in this conversation?
2: Um, that, like he said, that we have some stuff in common and just having the conversation opened up new possibilities of, you know, mm. possible opportunities Yeah. for us. So how are you was, feeling
0: now? Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: It was, I didn't know what to expect, but your family. So I kind of trust you. <laughs> <laughs> <I> of. <know. laughs> like okay I'll do it <laughs> when I got online I started to get nervous like wait a minute she said live you know <laughs> say live like that's a trigger word like she just said live like I felt like oh we're about to be live on NBC even five four like oh god <laughs> but um not yet I knew that um the kind of conversation we were gonna have it was about something that we had in common so I was open to whatever that was.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So. I that I so appreciate that the two of you said yes. Like I said earlier, more importantly, that you really brought yourself to this conversation. I know we could go longer. We could probably go deeper. You have so much to share, but I so I'm discovering too that there's a way for the two of you to just to collaborate potentially or. Share and highlight resources that maybe one didn't know that they, that they, that existed, right? You can share that with each other. And I think for those who've been tuning and listening here, is an opportunity for them to also see and hear the impact that a you know being in, in, in military service could have on a life beyond, right? Beyond those couple years, four years, twenty years not only on the health and well-being oh, of individuals no. but also oh hi yeah. <laughs> oh are you playing back <laughs> was a couple years, Lydia, years you might need to mute yourself <laughs> not only on the health <laughs> so i think nudia's is playing back the facebook live <laughs> um <laughs> so the idea here is that we I think have the opportunity to to share with others who might be listening, hey, what resources are there? So if you do have some websites or any information, feel free to share that with me and I'll be glad to add it to the show notes so people have access to it. But more importantly, thank you. Thank you, thank you for sharing yourselves, sharing what you're up to and and be willing to connect with each other. Any Any final words? Over and out. Over now, out, <laughs> turn four. To
1: be continued.
0: Copy that. My brother says, Roger that all the time. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Roger that. Excellent. To be continued <laughs> over and out, great. Bye-bye. So thank you all of you for tuning in to this episode of Not Quite Strangers. So excited that we always have interesting, fascinating, thought-provoking conversation with people who barely know each other, but always walk away having a sense of, of connection. And that's what I want to bring to all of you. So make sure that you subscribe if you haven't already www.notquitestrangers.com. Therefore, you get this episode and many others in your inbox. Have a wonderful rest of the day, everyone. Thanks for joining us. You've been listening to the podcast, Not Quite Strangers. Be sure to subscribe or follow on your favorite video or podcast platform. And for more information and content, go to
3: notquitestrangers.com. See you next time.